the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A little bit, Lane. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show as we head to our third hour of our daily three hour tour. I'm not sure exactly how to start this segment or this hour, but I think I'll do it this way. I will read an email I received on June 26th, 2019, from a listener. Hi, Seth, Jennifer writes. There's a guy on Twitter with almost 300,000 followers who has been doing great grassroots work. Great grassroots work. In particular, he's been traveling the country teaching people how to register Republican voters. He also sits in coffee shops with a MAGA hat and signs <laughs> on his laptop that promote conserva- con- that prompt conversations. He's also been known to stand on street corners with signs. <laughs> Make America great again. We'll, we'll come back to that. I think he would be a great guest on your show and maybe even sponsor or encourage him to come to Arizona for a workshop. Check him out. He's at Scott Pressler, The Persistence, on Twitter. Well, that was two years ago. Scott Pressler is in the studio, and he has now not 300,000 followers on Twitter, but pushing up against 800,000 last I checked. Scott Pressler, welcome to Phoenix. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And all of those things in that email are true. And in fact, my ma, she gets on me all the time because she goes, Scott, stop telling people you're working the corner. <laughs> Trump will never hire you if he thinks you're working the corner. What did those signs on the corner say? Well, I'm a little bit provocative. Evidently. I want people to think and to question. And so I go out there on the busiest street corner in town all by myself. And my sign says there are 3.6 million black children living in poverty. Why do Democrats choose illegal immigrants first? 3.6 3.6 million black children living in poverty. Why do Democrats choose illegal aliens first? Do you have an answer to that, by the way? Or is it more of a prompting question it's so more that we can a, have a discussion? It's more of a prompting but, rhetorical question, but it gets people to think. You know, everybody is so quick to say with their lips, black lives matter. And I want to make it clear. I do believe that black lives do indeed matter. But show me. Show me with your actions, not just your words. And look at the crisis at the border that we're seeing right now. You know, Joe Biden has been president, and I saw even Black Lives Matter, the organization, called him out for not even having a discussion and bringing them to the table, the very group that was influential in helping to elect him, right? So he's already, as president, turned his back on the very people he said that he would help. And instead, he wants to give legal status to 11 million illegal immigrants. It just seems like a slap in the face to the black community. I should think so. And I want to talk about where you see conservatism in the Republican Party going. I'm ready. But before we do that... Before we do that, for the limited part of my audience that doesn't know who you are, Mm -hmm. tell us where you grew up, how you grew up, how you came to be involved in the MAGA movement, why you have hashtag the persistence. Tell everyone everything you would want them to know about you. My name is Scott Pressler. I graduated from George Mason University with a 3.63 beauty and brains. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. (laughs) 
but I couldn't find a job. I started walking dogs for a living. There's no shame in a hard day's work and an honest day's labor. I went on to work at an elementary school where I learned Spanish, studied Arabic to be able to communicate with our parents. I worked to elect Governor Greg Abbott in the great state of Texas, which is why I'm now a boot boy. You can't see the boots, but they're awesome. He's wearing boots. I spent two years of my life working to defeat Hillary Clinton. I spent the last four years of my life traveling the country, registering voters, going into America's most dangerous and dirtiest cities, cleaning them up. And I'm committed to the cause of conservatism. And I'm going to be doing this until I'm a very old man with my cane and walker on that busy street corner. I want to ask you about this cleaning up thing, because that's how I first was paid. Um, That's how I first got started to pay attention to you. And I think it was something likely, I think, if memory serves, you were doing in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. You've probably been there a million times. So the one incident might not might not uh, ring a bell. But how did that become a thing for you, physically cleaning up cities? Well, Picking up trash is what we're talking about. Literally. Physically picking up trash. Literally. Needles, mattresses, you name it, I've cleaned it up. (laughs) And it was President Trump who inspired me. Remember, he was retweeting videos uh, of Baltimore, and I was really disappointed because I saw that everybody was quick to point the finger quick to pass blame, quick to judge, but nobody was actually providing solutions to the problem of trash in Baltimore. And so at the time, I probably had, you know, 250,000 followers, and I just tweeted out one little tweet and said, I'm going to Baltimore to pick up trash. And I didn't realize what I had done, because then all these people wanted to help, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. But within six days, we organized a nationwide cleanup on a Monday, a work day, And with 200 volunteers, we picked up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours on the most dangerous streets, West Baltimore in America. What kind of press have you gotten for cleaning up cities, for making our harshest (laughs) uh, and dirtiest of places clean? What kind of media uh, response have you got? Well, I've been luckily thankful enough to get gigs with Tucker Carlson and on Fox and Breitbart and OAN and you know everyone's been relatively nice on the conservative spectrum but when I came to Baltimore I was criticized by the Baltimore Sun for what my motives would be for picking up trash and uh, you know I responded to them and said well I'm here to help I'm a Northern Virginianer. I'm not a Marylander. I'm coming an hour and a half away to help and do something kind, and I'm being criticized for helping to pick up trash. And actually, I turned it back on to them, and I said, hey, why don't you come out? I've got plenty of gloves. I got masks. See, we were the original mask wearers. And I invited them to join us. Spoiler alert, they never showed up I was going to ask, see, because <laughs> the story of a young man, you're a young man, is that fair to say? I don't mean oh, it. Oh, this face is fresh. Okay, yes, you're a sir. young man. <laughs> you take a young man who graduates from a private college, does well, and spends his time volunteering, cleaning up trash in uh, urban-plighted cities. You would think he would be on the cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You would think this would be the stuff of which the Washington Post would do an eight-part series on. Seth, I joke about it all the time. Listen, if I were a Democrat, yeah. number one, right. I'd have a hair care commercial. Yeah. Immediately. Well, yes. I'd have a skincare line <laughs> and I'd be on the cover of Time Magazine. I'd be the Greta Thunberg yeah. of the right. You would be. That's but my great politics point. are wrong. 
That's exactly right. So you do it to make America beautiful again as part of making it great again. Make it clean and green again. Scott, um, you're in Phoenix, uh, not just to visit with me, though I am privileged and honored that you are. Tell the rest of the audience uh, what you're doing here uh, this weekend. Well, I'm laser focused. Number one, I love Phoenix. I really do. There's something about getting off the plane and seeing the cacti and just seeing the mountains. You guys are so privileged to live in a beautiful state, number one. But I'm here to work. Laser focused on 2022. When you hear me loud and clear, we have a historic opportunity on the conservative side to elect decent constitutional conservatives. Doug Ducey, bless his heart, is term limited. We have the opportunity to elect a conservative governor in 2022. And Mark Kelly's seat, he's only filling it for these two years. He's up again in 2022. So we have a historic opportunity. I'm not waiting. This is winter. After a presidential election in 2021, we are focusing right now on training volunteers on what they can do. Become precinct chairs and take over the Republican Party peacefully and democratically. I have to say that otherwise CNN will write a hit piece on me. And I'm inspiring people also with a candidate recruitment class to run for school board, city council, mayor, state rep, state senate. Because if you care about election integrity, then you need to understand that the power is not at the federal level. The federal government is feckless. The power is at the state legislative level to pass legislation. And those are my goals. I have so much to uh, ask you about on everything you just said. We're going to head into a break in a moment. But before I do, how many rough estimate people have you registered? Oh, thousands, thousands. And you know, the most interesting thing is the majority of Republicans that I've registered to vote have either been young or people of color or minorities. The reason I ask that is because I think it's obviously critically important. We need the votes. Yes. And that's our retail strategy. People say, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I have a wholesale strategy, and you mentioned it, because I think it is school board. If you don't like what you're hearing from the 30-somethings and the 40-somethings, look at what a generation of graduating 4 million of them a year, 8 million if you include college, has done by steeping them in socialism. And the school boards are the ones responsible in most cases for the curriculum. I am going to work with you. If you'll allow Thank me you. to, yes. to register people not to vote, you do that, fine. You don't need my help <laughs> but to run for school boards all across the country. I just think until we take back the schools, we're going we're to have generation after generation of fighting a retail battle You're with right. wholesale insanity. And I will welcome your help. Thank right. you. Great. Scott Pressler is our in-house guest. Excuse me, our phone number is 602-508-0960. I have about a million more questions for him, but I'm going to invite you if you have <laughs> questions for him, too. You can follow him on Twitter, at Scott Pressler, 1S in Pressler. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have Scott Pressler in the house with us. Happy to take your calls, too. At Scott Pressler, 1S on Twitter. Hashtag the persistence. The persistence, where does that come from, Scott? It 
response uh, to the 2017, the resistance that the Democrats created. And I just thought, wow, that message is just so negative. And I thought, how can I flip this on its head and do something positive? And I created a brand out of it. And did you know that the definition of persist is actually to continue on despite resistance? And I think that's much more powerful. Oh, I like that. I like that. You grew up conservative or did you become conservative? I've always been conservative leaning. I regrettably voted for Mitt Romney. I don't say that loudly. Well, it's a better thing than saying I voted for Barack Obama. True. We admit to that. True. But Was that your I've, first vote for president? No, I voted also for John McCain. Okay. So I voted for McCain. I voted for Romney. You know, I was a good old boy. I voted the the R lever. But now I have a deeper understanding. And, you know, we're going to talk more about the philosophy of what I believe of the America First Republican Party. But I now understand the difference between globalism, both on the D and R side, versus truly Putting the American people first. Let's talk about the philosophy if you want. Let's do it. Um, So what makes you and maintains you as a conservative? Talk to me about the MAGA agenda, what it means to you. And talk to me about what you have found successful in evangelizing on behalf of it, in turning minds. Well, I tweeted the other day. What are some policies that I support and I believe are the future of the Republican Party? And endless wars. Why the heck... Are we spending billions of dollars overseas and across the globe when we have a failing infrastructure in our country? We have a worse education system than Japan. Why aren't we rebuilding our roads and our bridges and our transportation and our aircraft terminals? Why is it that America is failing while we're rebuilding the rest of the world? Why are we rebuilding China? Why are we giving money to Pakistan that has terrorism camps where they are teaching people to build bombs against us? Why are we giving money to Iran, which chants gleefully, by the way, death to America? I think that America is so foolish for giving money to countries that hate us and want nothing to do with us and want to destroy us, quite frankly. That's number one. And endless wars. Stop giving money to people that hate us and want to destroy us from within. Number two, I am not a free trader. I am a fair trader, and I believe that free trade is fool's trade. So I agree with having a competitive lower corporate tax because what do we expect for other than businesses to go to other countries if china for example has a lower corporate tax than we do what that's just foolish to think that having a 35 percent corporate tax while china has a 25 where are people going to go it's called economics it's called lower common denominator what are you going to do as a businessman right So I believe in making America competitive again, and I do believe in tariffs. If other countries are going to tariff us, then I believe you fight fire with fire and you do the same thing back to them and have a level playing field. And if they're not willing to play, well, then we're going to make deals with other countries that are willing to give us a fair competitive trade. I believe in lowering insulin prices. I love that President Trump put a cap on insulin. And what did Joe Biden do on becoming? president, he removed that cap. And I've heard from people since then that insulin is skyrocketing hundreds and hundreds of dollars that is unaffordable to families. 
And I believe in securing the border. I believe in securing the border, building the wall, and having a strong uh, system in place to make sure that if people are going to come into our country, they do it legally. And there's a system. And a part of my America First policy is, look, I'm very comfortable in saying I believe black lives matter. I believe brown lives matter. I believe white lives matter. There are 3.6 million black children living in poverty. There are 4 million Hispanic children living in poverty. And there are 4.2 million white children living in poverty. So how is it America first to take care of the rest of the globe while neglecting our people? I think it's wrong that in every city I go to, whether it's Los Angeles or Houston or Miami or New York City, that I see our homeless people sleeping on the streets, many of them veterans who suffered to give me the privilege. This is my First Amendment right that I have the privilege to speak with right now and the very people that sacrificed are sleeping on the streets and i think that's wrong that we are neglecting and we are turning back turning our backs on our own people while rewarding other people for breaking our laws everything you just said and you said it very well seems to me the essence of common sense it seems to me that if because of the way we use labels today, that would all be considered conservative, I suppose. But it need not be. It need not be. So when you encounter ardent leftists, um, they must they must have very little to say back to you, I'm guessing. They don't like me. I'm guessing they try to shut you up. They do. Have you been faced with uh, efforts to ban or stop you from appearing in certain places? <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, they don't like me, but they also don't know what to do with me. I was going to ask you if they know what to do with they you. They don't. I mean, look, I'm a long-haired, chipper, joyous young man that travels the country cleaning up trash and registering voters. Who could possibly be against that? I'm an Eagle Scout. I give back to my community, and I do it... With a servant's heart. All I want to do is make people happy. So it's like, oh, there's that Scott Pressler. He's probably cleaning up again. What a jerk. <laughs> he's probably, what? He's, he's probably going to go again. register voters yeah. and empower them. Wow, what a terrible guy. You know, like, what can they say about me? Uh, Scott, was there a book or any number of books that you read uh, growing up or recently that um, helped shape your worldview? Or was it more experiential? You know, it's definitely been a life of lived experience. I, gosh, for being a young man, I feel like in the last four years, I've lived a lifetime of experience from the travel I've done. Yep. You know, I've, I've learned one thing is that we really have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm -hmm. And the reason why so many people feel frustrated is because they feel like they're not being heard. Mm -hmm. So as a part of my job, when I come to Phoenix, for example, I'm here to listen to the people. And I treat everything almost like a focus group. Mm -hmm. I'm here to learn. I'm here to understand. And ultimately, how am I going to help you unless I know what problems are afflicting you? And then I'm able to provide solutions from that. 
Nicely put. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be right back with more from Scott Pressler. Hashtag the persistence. At Scott Pressler is his Twitter handle, and Pressler is P-R-E-S-L-E-R. 602-508-0960 is our number. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Delighted to have Scott Pressler in the studio. Delighted to have him in uh, Phoenix. And uh, not your first time here, right, Scott? You said you have a special place in your heart for Phoenix. You like it here. I do. I love the cacti. We love having you here. Scott, let me. you've talked about a conservatism in the right a little bit. Uh, feel free to do anything more you want on that. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about the left, if I could for a moment, because what strikes me more than anything else, I'm older than you, I remember in the 80s, the left and the liberals and the Democrats took great um, umbrage, took great umbrage at us questioning their love of this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, When, you know, that would happen in political campaigns or ads that might be misperceived. Today, they seem to make no bones about it whatsoever. Uh, They tear down statues of Abraham Lincoln. They rename schools aimed after Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. Um, They they make no bones about their antagonism, not only towards our founding, but the country as a whole. There is an effort in South Dakota to stop the fireworks celebration of the 4th of July this year. Joe Biden, the president, is granting us, maybe if we all behave, the right to celebrate the 4th (laughs) of July this year. What is this about, Scott? What is this antagonism and hatred for America about my short answer, and I, I've given any number of lectures on this. The short answer I have is you can't start a revolution until you, you know, make all the conditions of your current existence horrible for everyone. But I wonder why, if you see what I'm seeing and why. Well, it's about power and control. And ultimately, look, Democrats are basically saying the reason why everything is going bad in your life right now is because of capitalism and because of the founders and because of the flag and the pledge to the allegiance of the United States. They basically are just trying to paint it as everything is wrong because of these principles. And then they're going to present their alternative, which is Marxism, which is socialism, which is communism. I mean, they're not stupid. The Democrats are actually very smart. They're good at branding things negatively or pejoratively that they want to. And at least they're presenting an alternative message. You know, say what you want about AOC and the Democrats. I'll give them credit on one thing. I don't agree with them ideologically and I don't agree with their policies at all. But if you thought to yourself, what is the Democrat platform or what is AOC trying to present? And you think of things like Green New Deal. You think of things like Fight for 15. You think of things like uh, Medicare for all. And we need to do a better job of programming something to fight for. Exactly. They at least have a uh, solution as wrong as it is. And so we need to, therefore, I'm all about you are a part of the problem if you are not a part of the solution. So I'm trying to brand it as what is the Republican Party? The Republican Party is America first. And endless wars. Secure the border. Make sure we put our homeless first, not Honduras first. And we need to have those quick policies that are easy to say, that are succinct, and brand it as those are our solutions moving forward. 
Scott, the litany you uh, went through, uh, it was interesting. Um, you didn't say racism. <laughs> you didn't say uh, systematic racism. How systematically racist is this country? You've traveled something like 45 of the 50 states here. How systematically racist is you this You want to talk systemic racism? Yeah. I think it's racist that when a black man commits a crime is rewarded with prison, but when an illegal immigrant breaks into our country is rewarded with freedom. That is systemic racism, and that is responsible from the Democrat Party, which systemically actually rewards criminals while putting away black men and women and people of color. That's systemic racism. I, that that's well put, and 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 why is it that the Democratic Party, which is this conjurie of, of of groups, if you will, because they put groups above individuals, how is it they have had such a lock on the voting um, the voting uh, patterns, the voting uh, results from African American community, especially when you see the greatest, I think, one of the greatest threats to uh, African American unemployment being uh, certainly. Uh, certainly in some cases uh, individuals own doing, but certainly the threat of illegal competitive wages, right? I have to do a break. Can you do that on the way back? Oh, so rude. Yeah, we'll do it on our way back. (laughs) What do we call these? What did did Rush of Blessed... Yeah, Rush of Blessed Memory (laughs) called them obscene profit breaks. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Scott Pressler. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It is a uh, great privilege and honor to have in studio with me Scott Pressler. At Scott Pressler is his Twitter handle, 1S and Pressler, hashtag the persistence. Um, before I take some calls with you, Scott, just that question we went to break on, it's the one that I'm so fascinated by because I love the history of our country and the history of the Republican Party and the history of civil rights. Why is the Afri- – in your view and mm-hmm. from your experience, why is the African-American uh, community as a voting bloc so wed to the Democratic Party? Well, sometimes you have to point the finger back at yourself. And I believe the Republican Party has failed to go into urban communities, has failed to go into inner cities, has failed to present our conservative message to the black community. And, you know, it's such a self-fulfilling prophecy. How dare we complain about not receiving votes from the black community when we haven't even gone up to them and spoken about our conservative message and values, which, by the way, align with the black community? Who doesn't want jobs? Who doesn't want to support the family? Who doesn't want more uh, trade worker jobs? And ultimately, uh, it has been a failure of the Republican Party to present our message until Donald Trump. I was going to say. Now, I will say one thing that I wish I had seen from the president in 2020. And you won't find a bigger supporter of 45 than myself. But what I would have liked to see from the president is I think he would have been more successful had he, after the George Floyd incident, come out with a specific contract for black America and a contract for small business America and just say everything that he plans to do for the black community and everything that he's done. The platinum plan, making sure that we're putting our workers first, securing the border, 
um, you know, President Trump, I think, was probably revolutionary and being a Republican president that really reached out his hand to the black community and presented policies that were directly specific to the black community. I agree with that. And I think other communities underrepresented oh. in the Republican Party as well. Uh, Asian American, right. the gay community, yeah. veteran Americans. Yeah. I mean, President Trump, what he did was brilliant because, look, this is all branding. This is all communication. This is all articulation, especially when you're on radio. And every single speech, he didn't just say all Americans because the difference is, look, Republicans and Democrats think differently. And although we think of ourselves collectively as Americans, Republicans think actually more as individuals. And Democrats, ironically enough, think of themselves more collectively, but break each other down individually by ethnicity, socioeconomic status, you name it. And President Trump in every single speech would say, Lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment. And what he was doing was subconsciously saying to each of those groups, I see you. I value you. I acknowledge you. I give you dignity. I give you respect. And I think the Republican Party will be more successful when we continue to do that messaging. Yeah, I think we have to ask for the vote if we want the vote. And there weren't too many Republicans who have been willing to do that. Jack Kemp was one. Donald Trump was another. Let's go to some calls real quick. Let me go to Rob and surprise real quick. Rob, you're on with Scott Pressler. Oh, hi, Seth. Hi, Scott. Thank you for coming on the show. By the way, Seth, I think we need to get Scott a uh, permanent residency in Arizona. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> I'm for it. We need to talk him into being here uh, for many reasons. But number one, I mean, he's he's been hitting all the right buttons. And Scott, thank you. I've been thank you for everything you've done. I've been following you for several years. And God bless you. I think uh, and again, I'm a retired naval officer, naval academy grad. Thank you. And career guy. And I think, well, it's my pleasure. It was an honor and a privilege. Anyway, um, you are exhibiting some serious leadership capabilities. And I think that's one of the great things that I really admired about you. Um, you're you're a man of action and you're doing things. You're getting results and you're uh, being accountable. And that's something that we just don't see that much. And like you were talking about with the Republican Party, Totally agree with you, and every single point you've made, I can't find any disagreement. Um, and Seth, this is really unusual because normally, you know, I enjoy talking to you, but I, I prefer talking to Scott. Right now. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. <laughs> oh. um, also, I have to mention, um, and this may be for Bill. Uh, Bill, does Scott uh, resemble Getty Lee from Rush? <laughs> Has anyone ever told you you resemble? Oh my gosh! They all tell me I look like Getty Lee. Please, I am much more okay. handsome. No, good. I, but I will say this, Rob. Number yeah, one, no, thank no, you for no. supporting my work, and I'll make you a deal. You help me get hitched, I'll move to Arizona. I'll have permanent oh, I, residency here. You help me we, get hitched, and we'll make it happen. We have several ways, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but between Seth and I, and maybe Bill too, because. You know, who else would not want to get hitched with a Getty Lee lookalike? <laughs> <laughs> we can certainly make all that happen. But but seriously, I, I really do sincerely um, love everything you've done, what you stand for, and you really do represent, I think, the future of conservatism and hopefully the Republican Party. Because, um, as you probably know, uh, the Republican Party didn't do so well here in the last election. 
and we need more people like you to, to get out here, knock on doors, get people involved. The school board thing is obviously critical. Um, but I think also just the local uh, and state politics are also required to uh, be more activist, be more aggressive, and uh, yes. take no prisoners. Yes. And that's one of the things that I've, both Seth and I have talked about this a lot. Um, but, but again, thank you for what you do. I just sincerely appreciate everything you've done and will continue to do. And um, God bless you, sir. Appreciate hey, thank you, Rob. Thank, thank you, Rob. you so much. Do you have politics in your future? You know, right now, I'm going to use my platform to uplift others. And you know what the coolest thing is for me? Just like Rob was mentioning, almost every single day in my inbox, it's the coolest thing. I get another message from somebody saying, Scott, I'm running for school board. Scott, I'm running for city council. Scott, you inspired me to become a precinct chair. And so I feel like actually... That's what makes you feel God's pleasure. Yeah, I have more power now being able to travel across the country, helping to uplift everyone. And look, I always say, if he wants me to run, use me as your tool. So I'm waiting. I get it. I get it. Let me... um let me also mention something that I, you know, it's it's probably hard to talk about, and it's not a great important part of what you do, but I'll I'll just mention it. One of the things Donald Trump did uh, for uh, um, for the Republican Party is he did something I think is important in politics, and that we've forgotten is he made it fun. He made politics fun. Yes. You make politics fun, don't you? I can tell you're having a good time. You're having the time. I'm of having your the life. time of my yes, life. I can tell. I can tell. We'll be right back with some final thoughts from Scott Pressler. Don't go away. We do a lot of country here, a lot of classic rock here. Scott Pressler, what's your Those favorite are my people. music? Those are your peeps, too? Well, I love pop. High energy. No low energy Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio. It's got to be high. <laughs> In our last few minutes together with Scott Pressler, um, one more time, tell us about uh, what you're doing in Phoenix and where people can find you here. Yeah, so I'm here to work. I'm here to empower and train the grassroots volunteers to get active, to... Uh, do election integrity, which is the most pressing issue of our time, because without election integrity, democracy is dead. We no longer have a constitutional republic without fair and free elections. That's number one. Number two, voter registration. We have to grow the base and bring people into our democratic process. Number three, candidate recruitment. I'm teaching people how to run for office, especially at the state and local level. And number four, my last goal being here in Phoenix, Arizona, is to repeal and replace America last policy. Politicians. So perk up your ears for a second. Phoenix people, Scottsdale people, if you're in the area tomorrow, Saturday, March 20th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., come to the Reform Living Bible Church, 6140 East Thunderbird in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tell them Scott Pressler sent you. We're expecting hundreds of people. We literally had 500 people sign up for this. So come meet like-minded conservatives and come away with the knowledge that you will be empowered to take action. Come meet us tomorrow. Best way for people to keep up with you, is it Twitter? Yeah, slide into my DMs on Twitter. Uh, in case I get banned, I'm also on Telegram, t.me slash Scott Pressler. I'm on Insta, Facebook, Gab, Parlor. Everything is at Scott Pressler with one S. How much time do I have, Bill? One minute. We're closing out. God bless you uh, for everything you're doing, Scott. Thank you. Um, thank you for making uh, politics uh, meaningful. 
and Thank fun you for, and fun. I, I that fun element is such an important key. And you know, I think aside from fun, what Donald Trump brought to the party, aside from fun. Uh, you know, and aside from reaching out to communities that hadn't traditionally been part of the Republican tent, the other thing he did was reinvigorate the love story of America. You know, Mm -hmm. when I watched the left condemn the lines that went to the Trump rallies as lines of hate and Mm -hmm. lines, you know, they missed that this was a love story. That's what they were. That's what they were there for. They were here to fall in love with their country all over again because they had a man who believed in it. And I think too many conservatives miss the importance of talking up this great country. So basically, Seth, what you're saying is join the love fest. Thank you for having me. It should be because this story is a love story. (laughs) It's the second greatest story ever told. Folks, thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Until Monday, I'm Seth Liebson. God bless you all and class dismissed.